Real Life Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay. sexual nature it should be for people that are 18 years or older heed my warning people i do not get the facts of these cases off the internet or from some television show the facts we're retelling you were presented to us by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims my description of the crime scenes are what i saw with my own two eyes if you're gonna get offended Please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today, y'all, the name of the episode is going to be called Rapids Burning. And you know that I'm unscripted and raw and all that good stuff, Okay. I'm going to tell you how this, I came about to doing this. It's going to have to be episodes, plural, because there's so much to it. But I'm going I'm to explain that first, why it came about, and then I'll give you some history on Rapids, and then we'll get started. So uh, before I get started, I want to ask you to please keep calling your tips on this Barbara Blunt's case. After the episode last week, I got a lot of great response, a lot of great information. It's so important. Share it. Sharing equals tips, okay? And we on I want every cold case to be solved. And we need your help, especially on Barbara Blunt's. So y'all please uh, keep doing that. And stay tuned to the end of the show, and I'll talk about Lopa a little bit. All right, so Rapids Burning. Uh, Rapids Parish was founded on March 31st in 1807. It was one of 19 parishes which were created by dividing the territory of New Orleans. Rapids Parish was named for the rapids in the Red River during the French rule and subsequent seat of government for this area at that time, the post of Rapide. Rapides in the French language is rapid, which is already pluralized, blah, 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 etc. The American government took over in 1803 and has remained ever since. The parish seat is Alexandria. Now, y'all in Louisiana... This is for all the listeners who are outside of Louisiana, across the world, in 120-something countries. We have parishes. We're under Napoleonic Code of Law. We don't have counties. And um, Rapids Parish 
is dead center in the state of Louisiana. If Louisiana looks like a, a boot, and if you took a dart and you threw it and landed right in the middle of the state, that's Alexandria and Rapids, Louisiana. So geographically, that's what I'm talking about. We joke in Louisiana and say, you know, Alexandria's kind of the cutoff line for the difference between Cajun and redneck. <laughs> I think Alexandria has a little bit of both. I can't say too much because these Feliciana Parish is kind of directly east of there. But it's, it's in the center, y'all. And the, the 2010 census, they had 121,000 approximate residents in the parish. So it's not that big, right? And, and I can't call it dying parish, but there's not a lot going on there. I can tell you that as far as industry and stuff like that. But the river does run through the railroads and all that. So in 1864, during the height of the Civil War, the Union Army came in and burnt down the whole city of Alexandria, including the courthouse, which was later rebuilt and is still standing today, but they burned it down. And I think that naming this episode Rapids Burning is kind of a play on words for that. With that, we'll get started. Now, I first came to know or be involved with Rapids Parish uh, back when I was with the state police. I had dealings with a detective there, not in a good way. And, but that's a story for another day. But they knew who I was, and no love for me, and that's okay. But a couple years after I retired, or a couple years back, maybe three years ago now, I was reached out to by Courtney Coco's mama to look at her daughter's cold case. Now, at the time, I was doing, I had my private consulting business, and I was traveling a lot, and I told her, I said, you know what? I look at it. I wasn't going to charge her anything. I said, I'll look at it for you. I just slept next time. And I was all the time going through Alexandria, traveling to North Louisiana, et cetera. And I said, next time I come through, you get the case file for me and make me a copy and I'll look at it. And, uh, you know, I'll take it with me and look at it and see what we can do. But I told her, I said, you got to go to the sheriff's office and, and get the copy of the file. I didn't hear anything back from her. About two years go by and it was last year. Miss Stephanie called me, and she said, Mr. Woody, and she's the sweetest lady ever, y'all, and I just love her to death. She's like, you know, family to me now. But she said, Mr. Woody, um, they've never done anything with Courtney's case, her daughter, Courtney Coco's case, and, you know, I want, want to know, would you take a look at the case? And I said, you know what? I said, at the time, I had real life, real crime, right? And and we were blowing up and everything. Uh, for the podcast of the year award and all that. And I said, you know what, I'll do it if you let me do it on the podcast. And she said, come on. And so went over and she told me what happened was the two years before she had gone into the Rapid Sheriff's Office and told them, hey, I'm on a ca- I want a copy of the case file. I'm bringing in Woody Overton. He's going to take a look at the case for me. Oh, shit. They... They promised her everything but the moon then. Oh, no, no, you want to bring an outsider in? Well, they, I'm not an outsider. They knew who I was. And you don't want to bring an outsider in. Um, we'll take care of this. We'll do a task force. We'll do this and that, whatever, whatever. So they placate her. And you guess what? Rightfully so, right? You want to believe in your public officials. You want to believe that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. You want to believe that they're actually doing their damn jobs, trying to work for you, right? And um, but she told me two years gone by, nothing, nothing. And so I get there, and the, one of the first things we did, I mean, she had 
still didn't have the case file, but the family had a more complete case file ultimately than when we did get the, the law enforcement case file, they had a better case file. But so I had her call the detective who was supposed to be handling it for Rapides Sheriff's Office in Stephanie recorded him in, in Louisiana. It's illegal. It is illegal to record another person's conversation that you're having them with. It's called one party consent that you don't have to tell them. And she recorded it. And this dude got on the phone and said, Oh no, Miss Stephanie, we working it. We working it. Yes, indeed. Yes. Oh yeah. We're working this and da 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 da. Y'all go back and listen to the episode. Right. But the, they saying that they doing all this shit. And then I go to Texas and interview Detective Rabelais. First thing he says is out of his mouth. He said, what the hell are you talking about? This case is over. Two years ago, it's, a, it's an accidental overdose. I'm like, what? And he said, yeah, the two Rapids Paris detectives came through and said they were going to get whatever to run something, uh, uh, redo Courtney's autopsy, which is bullshit. And the, he said they called me uh, two weeks later and said it's an it's a, uh, overdose. Bullshit. They lied to this. To, well, well, even if they weren't lying to the detective, motherfucker was lying to the fam, to Miss Stephanie on the phone that day. Got him on tape doing it, and then of course they passed the buck. Y'all listen to the series, and then we go through. And there's so much in the series that I can't tell you now because I didn't want to do anything to jeopardize the investigation, and I'm still not going to. But one, uh, once the arrests are made, once the case is adjudicated, I'm gonna tell everything. But it got to the point in the case. Well, yes, I turned it back over to to APD with good intentions and worked with them right up to, to the point where they said they wanted to take it to the district attorney. And I said, "Don't you don't need a district attorney. You got way more than probable cause to make this arrest. You make the arrest. These assholes are going to flip on each other like pancakes. And on top of that, after you make the arrest, all these... They, there's a bunch of witnesses, y'all, in this case now. But you, you're going to get witnesses that have come out of the woodworks because murderers are behind bars and they feel safe. But no, took it to the DA. That's when I did, I burned the bridges and I did the episode and I just laid out suspect one, suspect two. Episode wasn't out 45 minutes. And Stephanie called me and asked me to pull it because APD called. Not because I'd done anything wrong, because they knew their ass was going to be in a crack because there's no way I could have all that information if I hadn't been working with them, right? So... I pulled it, and, and out of respect for Courtney's mama. And then they, the district attorney, Philip Terrell, brings the family in in the beginning of November, tells them absolutely spot on, yes, he's going to take it to a grand jury, he's going to get arrest, and blah, 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 give him a couple weeks. Boom. A couple weeks go by. Then December goes by. Then January goes by. Then February comes up, and now don't think Miss Stephanie's just sitting there uh, twiddling her thumbs. She's calling Philip Terrell all through this time. Your district attorney, Philip Terrell, y'all for who don't know, Philip Terrell is the district attorney for Rapides Parish. Um, they're in charge of prosecuting all crimes. The DA is not returning her calls. So what do we do? We go, we march uh, peacefully, demonstrated. We didn't tear shit down and blow shit up like they do in everywhere else. But we marched. And anyway, y'all know the rest of it, okay? So fast forward. Oh, I'll tell you what. We got permission from Miss Stephanie to release that episode on about Suspect 1 and Suspect 2 because of the delays. Now, 
there have been significant developments in Courtney Coco's case since then, and I keep getting put off, and I can't tell you how I know without damaging the case. I'm just not going to do it. But So I asked y'all, I asked you to back off APD in the DA's office because it wasn't going to do any good. They were waiting because because of COVID or whatever it was at first, and then it was whatever, and then a week goes by, and then another week goes by. And then another week goes by, and then another week goes by, and shit. Every Friday, I'm pissed off, and every Friday, I'm pissed off. And guess what? If you think I'm pissed, how do you think the family feels? How do you think Courtney's mama feels? And her her aunts and her and her grandmother and those ladies roll tight, okay? And and what happens to one happens to all of them. And then you got all these lifers involved now, who lifers solve this case. People put their lives in jeopardy to come forward and give information, et cetera. Everybody's still waiting on justice for Courtney, right? Every Friday, wearing the pink, rocking it. This Friday, I get a message about another delay in Coco's case. And I can't tell you what it is, but if I told you, you'd probably go down there and ride and burn that fucking courthouse down again. But it pissed me off. So bad, but but I'm in a I'm in a jam here, right? What what can you do? What can I do? And I, and I the the excuse is so lame. It is such an obvious attempt, not from the person that's handling it, but I can't explain it. But it's such an obvious attempt at a delay for whatever reason. Maybe it's because elections coming up in November. I don't know, but it just really just it pissed me off. And I'm not very nice when I get mad, and it takes a whole, whole lot to send me over the edge. And so I have OCD, um, but my OCD is not being able to stop thinking about things, and that's made me an advantage of my career on solving cases, right? And so I do my best thinking 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm laying there, and I was so pissed off, and I kept thinking about Courtney and thinking about it. And I said, you know, what, what can I do? What can I do without hurting Courtney's case that – can bring some light down on what the hell is going on. You know, we got to do something. Okay, people, you don't have to just take it laying down. You can always fight another way. And so it hit me. I started thinking about all these cases from day one. When we dropped the first Courtney Coco episode, we interviewed, I think Miss Stephanie by phone, and she was crying and everything from day one. I've been getting messages about cases in Rapids Parish, murders, rapes, police corruption, DA corruption from lifers. And I always, it got to the point that was so overwhelming, the cases coming in, I was like, shit, I was just sending them to my, you know, private message box and I look at them when I can, right? At the time, when they first started flooding in, I was still boots on the ground working Courtney's case. And then time goes by and they're still coming in. And I said, you know what? Fucking, this story needs to be told. And, and we need to shine the light, to burn it down, uh, tell somebody needs to put all this together and try to tell the story and paint this picture. If you take just the injustice in Courtney Coco's case, that's bad enough. And but you take it and you add up all the cases that I've been given by lifers, shit, it's a it's a it's a whole bunch, y'all. And I'm sitting here looking at one of two folders, this one folder, and the patron members are watching this on video. It's one of the perks they get for being patron members. They get to watch me record live, and this is Wednesday night. Each one of these pages in this big-ass binder is a homicide. 
is a bad case. And, and there's no way I can tell them all. Now, I started thinking, I said, I got to tell the story, but how can I tell it? How can you tell it, Woody, and make it where we, we need to get national media attention brought down on rapids, okay? Philip Terrell is the king of the fucking one-liners when KLB or whoever it is ask him about a case and guy gets out and he's got 160-some counts of child porn and they ask him, oh, why did you plead it down to one count or whatever? And he says, his response is, oh, I'll have to get with such and such and check on that. Never hear anything else about it, right? So how can all this be told? Saturday morning when I got up, didn't sleep much. I put out a post to the life. I said, you know what? I'm pissed. I'm tired as shit. And I know the wheels of justice turn slowly. And if I, if I could burn it down nuclear the way I want to without hurting Courtney's case, then I would, but I can't. I said, but I told the lifers, I said, send me every single case that y'all sent me. Send it to me again. Everything. And we're going to compile that bitch and I'm going to tell a story. And that's what I'm about to do. Okay, and y'all, the response has been so overwhelming since last Saturday to today. I say last Saturday, shit, it's Wednesday. Today, I think we added 2,000 new crew members on on the page, and that's important because when national media comes and look, they can say, oh, shit, they got 20-some thousand people here. Yeah, it's a legitimate deal. Plus, when we do a call to action, every single member we have is another member we can use to bring justice on all of this, rapids burning. So now to tell this story, and I've been thinking about it and thinking about it, to tell it correctly, I, th- I think I need to do it in three parts. Now check this out. Obviously, I'm going to talk about every single murder victim that's in this book, okay? Now I can't get them all done today. There's no way. So it's going to have to be a series. That, um, but I'm going to talk about, I'm going to start one today. And then I'll finish it whenever I, maybe I finish that. I don't know. I'll finish it when I finish it on the murders. But guess what? No victim in here. If you're a lifer and you sent your family's information, your your loved one or your friends or whoever it was that's the victim of the crime, of the murder or whatever it was, you sent it, I'm going to tell the damn story. Okay? They're going to get highlighted. And I bet you some of these people have never had their names spoken out loud since they, since they were buried in the ground, but not by any law enforcement or district attorney, I can promise you that. I'm going to do it. So the, there is not a order of importance on the victim. No one victim is more important than any other. Okay, all of them have mamas and daddies and grandparents or had, and some of them had kids or brothers and sisters. Each one of them was a human being, y'all. Hey, this is real life. These are real people. They got killed, murdered, and then later on I'll get into the rapes and stuff like that. This is serious shit, man. What if it was your people? Look at your significant other next to you and think if, if somebody snatched him up or her up and murdered them brutally and you never got justice for it, ever. That's It's unacceptable, man. And looking at the volume of this, and this is just, I didn't go on Rapid's uh cold case website looking for information. This is shit that was sent to me by lifers. So I know I'm skipping around. Bear with me. How I'm going to present this is I'm going to go through the victims first. Okay. Then the next major thing will be I have a file that is bigger than this one. Patreon members, you see this, right? We got a file that's still being compiled bigger than this one on political corruption 
that are sent in by lifers. I'm talking about cops. I'm talking about district attorneys. I'm talking about judges. I'm talking about every swinging Tom and Dick that ever did something wrong in Rappi's Paris. Now, look, I'm not investigating these. I am going. I am telling a story. I'm relaying information that is that is told by lifers. And a lot of this is backed up by news articles, et cetera. So the second part will be the corruption or alleged corruption, we'll say. All right. Well, I guarantee you when that shit comes out, people are going to have some answers to answer for. And the final thing I'm going to do, which is so important, I have an insider who worked for the district attorney's office as an assistant district attorney for numerous years who I'm going to go in the field and I'm going to interview him on the last episode of Rapids Burning. And he has documents and he has personal first-hand knowledge of bad shit. And when you hear who he is, you'll understand. So three parts, victims, acknowledging every one of them. Secondly, addressing your concerns, lifers. I don't give a shit, but I'm not, certainly everybody in Rapids is not bad. Certainly every every judge and ADA and, and cop, that's not what I'm saying, y'all. But I'm saying there's a systemic problem if you look at the totality of circumstances, there is a systemic problem running in Rapids Parish, and I'm going to burn that bitch down or burn them out, okay? So y'all know, again, I don't like to use notes, et cetera, but on this, I have to because of the sheer volume of it, so you're going to hear some pages turning. Toby Tom Play, I'm going to ask that you not edit anything other than make Maybe take out some lip smacks or ums. Do not change a word of what I say because I mean what I, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And that's the way it's going to be. All right, now look, I'm gonna, the, first, the first person, first victim I want to talk about is a name that I came across many times during Courtney's case. And her name, and I hope I don't butcher it, y'all, is Shamika Lena, L-E-N-E-A, Garnett, all right? Now, the body of Shamika Garnett was located near a drainage ditch off of Old Boyce Road. Miss Garnett was 20 years old at the time of her death. She was last seen leaving her home on Friday night, August the 13th, of 2004 at approximately 11.30 p.m. in a friend's vehicle. The vehicle was later located abandoned at the on-ramp to I-49 at Lee Street in Alexandria. All right, now let me tell you what I know about this. There's a lot more to it, okay? Guess who, and I'm looking at her face right now, guess who was a near and dear friend of Shamika Garnett? Courtney, Megan, Coco. And not only did the family tell me this, but y'all, this, and this is kind of, they, they, they ran together, okay? They, they were really good friends. I'm not, I'm not talking about a casual, how you doing in the store type friend. I'm talking about running together friends. And guess what? She was murdered, or she was last seen on August the 13th, 2004. Courtney, murdered on October 4th, 2004. Not even talking three weeks, y'all. Not even three weeks. Two girls, good friends, and if you think 
I'm bullshitting you about the good friends part. Let me tell you a little inside piece that I know. When Courtney's car was recovered in Texas, in Houston, and they processed it for evidence, one of the items found in the trunk, and y'all, Courtney's family, I apologize if you haven't heard this again. One of the items that are found in the trunk of the car where we know Courtney's body was placed after she was murdered and she was transported in, underneath her body was Shamika Garnett's obituary, which had been clipped out of the local newspaper. It was in the trunk of the car, and it had to be underneath Courtney's body, right? I mean, it, I mean, put that, let that sink in. Where's the answers, y'all, for Shamika? Who's doing something about it? Next. I want to tell this one because it's, it's, I do not believe there's any such thing as a coincidence in, in, uh, in homicide cases. Okay. I'll tell you that from years of doing them. The next one I want to talk about is, I guess it's Tressa. Middle name Wren, W-R-E-N, last name Gilcrease, G-I-L-C-R-E-A-S-E. Um, naturally, it's another cold case out of Rapids. All right. Now, this this was sent in the, uh, by a lifer also, and I can't read everything that he put, but I'm going to read some of it. But this, this is a... a clip of an article from the Town Talk, which is like the Alexandria newspaper. It says, it's been 13 years since the body of Teresa Wren Gilcrease was found on the road near Louisiana State University of Alexandria, stabbed at least five times and run over by a vehicle, and her family still waits for justice. Gilcrease, who was living in Oregon with her husband, had come to Alexandria for her daughter's high school graduation. An autopsy showed that she died from a combination of her wounds. Her father, Elvin Wren, a boy, said he's hopeful that someone eventually will be arrested for his daughter's murder, but he's not expecting it. Not after 13 years, he said. I don't think so. He harbors a lot of anger about the way her case has been handled, he said. He said he last talked to Rapids Parish Sheriff's Detectives about a possible suspect of about two years ago. Kind of sound familiar on Coco's case. But he hasn't heard anything new about the case since. Gilcrease's sister, Ginger Jones of Alexandria, is more blunt. She believes the suspect interviewed in the year after her sister's murder is responsible and described a strained relationship between her family and some of the investigators. The case remains active, said Lieutenant, Lieutenant Tommy Cornline, the office public affairs officer who released a statement from Sheriff William Earl Hilton, the name you're going to hear a lot, y'all, in this series, Rapids Burning. Hilton says, we work all cold cases the same way. When we get any new leads, we follow them, said Hilton in a statement. Having been a detective for most of my career, it becomes personal when you can't solve a case, especially a homicide. As a detective, 
Solving cases is what we strive to do each and every day. We hope one day to give the Gilcrease family, the Coco family, and the family of Shamika Garnett, and any other cold case we have, the closure they deserve, and to put the person in prison for what they did. I'm throwing the bullshit flag on that one. All right. What's been done? And and y'all, William Earl Earl, um, is no longer the sheriff that that in, well, I guess, yeah, would have been passed. The new sheriff would have been sworn in. But this is the same kind of bullshit line the detective was running on Miss Stephanie when we had him on the phone. Oh, we're working it all the time. Yeah, we've been working it for these past two years. And we told you we were going to work it. You didn't need to bring in anybody, et cetera, et cetera. And then guess what? Mm, bullshit. Go to Texas, find out they've already ruled it, whatever. I'd love to know what they've ruled. Uh, Tressa Ring Gilcrease is in Shamika's case. Now, the, 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 the bad part of this is, and now, well, let me, a little bit, Let's see if I need to read any more of this. Back on the Gilcreases, it says, A sketch of the man was released after Gilcrease's body was found, and suspects were questioned, but no arrest had been made. Coco case all over again. Gilcrease's case was the first recently to be featured by crime stoppers, blah, 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 whatever. They said, they said we're going to convince somebody somewhere knows something. Yeah, no shit. All right, now... The, one of the lifers that sent this in, he's sending these personal notes, and and I had this from, like, numerous people. I am not going to say a name because I cannot verify it, uh, but I'm going to read an excert from this, and, and this this guy swears it's the truth, and he swears he got it from the horse's mouth, but it is what it is. Teresa Wren Gilcrease, according to the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office, major of detectives at the time of death, the prime suspect was the nephew of Sheriff William Earl Hilton. I'm not gonna say his name, y'all. They also say says he allegedly was a state trooper. Um, I'm trying to edit this out. Uh, under the supervision, his name is blank. He was a state trooper under supervision of my brother-in-law at the time of the murder. The RPSO major told me personally that in his opinion, any district attorney's office in the nation would have prosecuted him except Rapides. When the major pursued the case, he said from that point on, he was kicked out of the good old boy clique. This is not a rumor. It was told to me by the major himself, who was my best friend. The major was a man of honor and integrity, unlike some who think they're above the law. God will tend to all of this one day. Now, I'm going to leave the rest of this, his statements out. This guy's on it, obviously is pissed off, and he's he's te- he's saying that his best friend was the, the head of the detectives for the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office, and this case should have been prosecuted, and it wasn't. And he's saying that it was the sheriff's nephew. I don't know that. The, uh, I'm saying what he was saying. So thank you for that information. I want to talk about another one. And the, yeah, I'm flipping through all these pages because it's so much. But this one, uh, this one kind of, shit, man, it kind of disturbs me in a way. This is the case. It's, it's two homicides in one case. All right, y'all, the next one I'm going to tell you about is the case of the homicide of Rebecca Ann Miller and Roderick Collins. 
Their bodies were found badly decomposed off of Sugar House Road in Alexandria, Louisiana on December 20th, 2002. Their bodies had been out there for six weeks. It took three autopsies and an anthropologist to find the cause of death. My mama, and remember y'all, this is sent in by a lifer, Rebecca Miller, was stabbed 67 times so viciously she had indentations on her bones. Rebecca had just gotten out on bail from jail, I guess it's October 1, um, in October, oh no, on October 30th, 31st. This was the last time anyone saw her. Mr. Roger Collins was last seen leaving from the Paragon Casino on November 1, and he didn't show up to work the next day. Mr. Collins' vehicle was found burned to the frame a month prior to their bodies being found off of Hudson Boulevard in Alexandria, only like a mile away from my mom and Mr. Roger's bodies were found. But for some reason, nobody... No one in law enforcement or in this town knows anything about what happened and just forgot about my mom and Mr. Collins. APD, that's Alexandria PD, Police Department. APD won't even acknowledge me or my mom's case, let alone speak with me or my family. My mom's killer could literally be anyone, exclamation mark, and that's crazy. What do you say about that, y'all? I'm going to tell you something, 67 stab wounds that you can count after six weeks. Stab wounds that are so hard, basically when they say indentures on the bones, that means they're chipping the bones. 67. In all of my career, I think the highest I ever had on on one of my best cases was 50-something. 67, you're stabbing so hard that you're chipping bones, okay? And they're found together. Vehicles found burn. Family can't get anybody. Now, this remember, this is the family telling me this. I don't know anything. I don't know these people. I don't know who they are other than this This lady's a lifer. This is her mama and poor Mr. Roderick's family. I, I'm sure they may have reached out to us, too. I think I actually have another one for him in the back of this book. But that's two more, y'all. You got to have something. Yeah, I mean, he left the casino. They got cameras at the casino. I know that. She she just got out of jail for whatever reason, got out on bail uh, probably the same night. I don't know, man. Fuck. Just, I mean, do your job. At least, you know what? I never, not going to I didn't have one in Saul, but I damn sure if I did, they'd be my best friends because I would never not take their call. Shame on you. Whoever's handling this fucking case, shame on you for not, taking this family's calls and and at least if you, even if you got lied to them like the detective lied to Miss Stephanie they'd lie to them at least try to placate them they, they, do your job it's fucking ridiculous alright I'm gonna go back it's crazy alright Here's another one for you. Check this out. Delrico L. Anderson. Homicide from 2006. All right. The cold case summary is Delrico Lamont Anderson was 23, was murdered on March 13, 2006, in an early morning drive-by shooting on Highway 1 just outside of Alexandria, Louisiana. 
Del Rico was born in Inkster, Michigan, and lived in Alexandria about six years. He worked at various restaurants in the area. He is survived by a daughter, Laisha, his father, Benny, eight sisters, seven brothers, and he, he's buried at such and such. Crime scene. Del Rico and passengers, Royce Real Taylor, 25 years old, and Christopher Allen Thomas, 19, were returning in his 1982 Oldsmobile Cutlass after a night of clubbing in the Bulls Parish at Secrets and Mansuras and Jackie's Lounge in Marksville. At around 4.30 a.m., a light model silver gray Chevrolet Lumina pulled alongside their vehicle and opened fire at least four times with an AK-47. Taylor and Thomas were not injured. However, Del Rico died en route to the Rapids Regional Medical Center. After speaking with witnesses, investigators believe he may have known the person that fatally shot him. That's it. What the fuck? Who's working a case? Y'all, Del Rico L. Anderson is a human being too. And the all of these lives matter. I hadn't told y'all any races or anything if they were white or black, because that shit doesn't matter to me. But listen to how many brothers and sisters he has. You think? I mean, I guarantee you a lot of them are still alive. And I'm not beginning to touch the tip of the iceberg, people. This is I'm just flipping through, hitting some that are just jumping out at me. And you know, I think it's crazy. Why? Haven't these cases been followed up on? Somebody needs to do something, okay? And I've got a bunch more. I've got a bunch more. And I'm, I'm going to do one more. I don't know what the hell is going on in, in Rapids Parish. The Del Rico case, whether it's in Alexander PD limits, I don't know. But, but it certainly is within the Sheriff's Office jurisdiction. What's up, Rapids Sheriff's Office for Del Rico Lamont Anderson? And if nobody else is going to ask, I'll ask. Um, now this next one is, is a little bit puzzling to me and I'm going to end it on this one. It's puzzling to me. Okay. And I know this is a more recent case in some young man named Bucky Tarver. Now, Bucky Tarver is not from Rapids Parish. Okay. That's the kicker. He's from Avoyles Parish, which is the next parish over, but check this out. He's not from there. And I talked to his family member for like, I don't know, 45 minutes this weekend. She was a real sweetheart in, um, about what happened. And she told me that, uh, just a bunch of stra strange shit. And, and, and if it's true, it's just horrible. The, I'm, I'm not saying you're lying, sweetie. I'm just saying if, it, if your facts are straight, it's horrible and so solvable, right, that well, I don't want to do anything to mess up that investigation, so I'll leave it alone. But here's the kicker. The kicker of it is, now get this, Avoyles Parish. It's the next parish over from Rapids. Bucky Tarver went missing. Let me read this to you. He went missing from Avoyles Parish. Okay? He lived in Avoyles Parish. But check this out. The Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office is asking the public to help find a man missing since March the 30th. And, y'all, that would have been, um, should I, I guess this year. Yeah, March the 30th. Timothy Clay Bucky Tarver, Jr. He's 33 years old. He's last seen in Center Point, Colon, community around noon on March the 30th. 
If anyone has seen Tarver or has information about him, call local law enforcement, the Sheriff's Office at 318-473-6700 or Detective Rick Lofton at 318-483-1837. Okay. Bucky's never been found. Word on the streets is that he's cut up and put in crawfish ponds, right? And, and there's a whole bunch more to that, and I'm not going to get into that. But if y'all know something about it, call in. But this is what this is why I'm including Bucky on Rapids Burning. What in the hell is Rapids Parish doing working a Bulls case? He went missing from Bulls. He lived in a Bulls. By all accounts, from what I was told, the the crime occurred in a Bulls. But this family member was told in no uncertain certain terms by this detective from Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office that the detective or deputy whatever from the Bulls that was handling the case was no longer with the department and they, the family had any questions they were to go through him. Why? It's not your parish. Shit, you got Delmico Anderson, you got Courtney Coco, you got Shamika, you got Teresa Gilcrease, you got everybody else that I mentioned. And, and so, so many more. But certainly I wanted to find Bucky. Y'all, somebody, this is still a pretty fresh case, and I certainly hope you can get it. But why is Rapids Parish working at? Thelma doesn't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know people. That I mean, I don't understand how in the hell you can go and, and act with impunity, whether it's in law enforcement or district attorney's office or whatever, and act and lie to people or or... Willie Grays would have murdered me when I was at the sheriff's office if I didn't call a victim's family back, okay? I mean, how do you not talk to these people? You just say, fuck it, I'm not taking the calls anymore. They're going to go away. And guess what? It worked for a little while. It worked on Miss Stephanie for a little while on Courtney's case, right? It worked on many, many years. She believed in the system. She believed in that they were going to do what's right. And then... Called me in, and then it worked. They talked her down again, and it worked for two more years. Called it in, did the case. November, it works again. Then it gets to February, and shit, here we are. And again, I'm starting this. And one day, I promise you to tell you the reason that I got the excuse that I got that Courtney's case was now being delayed, and it is the dumbest delay tactic stall thing that I've ever heard and that's what pissed me off and that's what's going to make me now go through and call y'all out on every single homicide case I'm going to call you out on every single thing that's the, a lifer sends me I'm not getting this shit off the internet oh y'all um, any of the articles I read if I didn't mention it it's like the daily talk or um Quotes from KALB. I'm getting kind of copyright bullshit on me. But any this was sent in by lifers who are hurting. And it's so many more. It's ridiculous. It's so many more, y'all. It's so many more. But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna wrap up for today. But I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through more victims next week. And maybe I'll get through them all, right? Because I won't have to tell the whole pre-story and all that. But uh, maybe I can just roll through it. We'll, we'll get through the victims. You better hold on to your horses because sugar is going to turn to shit. Because then I got a file of of complaints against officials that are from real people 
who have put their name on the shit, okay? And and it's serious. The 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 and you take those complaints, and I mean it's it's just so many that that I don't see there's any way that lifers don't get pissed off. I'm talking about everybody else that doesn't know it already. We don't get pissed off, and then we get a plan together, and and force some kind of action. We make them do something, and then the last interview, I'm gonna bring in an insider who has the juice. Is what I used to call it when I get a confession and a case. Is I was going for the juice. He's got this man's got the juice, and he's got the 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 reputation and the career to back it up. And so that's gonna be the last episode of Rapids Burning. So if I get Rapids, you're on notice. I'm coming. I would be scrambling if I was y'all to try to contact some of these other victims' families before I get to them next week. And, and, and when the news shows up, you can be like, oh, oh, yeah, certainly. We've been talking to them. You know, whatever. I don't understand it. But pissed off, and I'm not even from there, man. Shit, I'm glad this is not. I, I actually live in two parishes, Livingston and now East Feliciana. And, and I'm so damn glad this is not, it's not my backyard. And I feel for y'all that live in Rapids. I don't know how the hell you've been putting up with it this long. If I can tell you something, there's a district attorney's election coming, and you have the right to vote. So you're right. You have the right for your voices to be heard. Yes, I, I am looking at the patrons, uh, some stuff while it's coming up. We are going to bring the media. We are going to bring the power and the numbers on the Lifers crew and all our other social media. When we get done telling a story, we're going to present it in such a way that it has to be a story. That the Jefferson Davis 8 can get all of the, and I worked on that when I was with the state police, but they, that can get all of the media. Then why can't all of these victims get media? Hell, you talking about um, Shamika and Coco were killed three weeks apart. And, and, and I think Gilcrease was just shortly uh, after that, or just a couple weeks after that. I mean, this is a time frame. There's a story here. I can't tell it all. I don't know it all, and I don't proclaim to know it all. And I'm certainly not saying everybody's bad, but I'm saying some of you bitches are bad. And Rapid's burning. So before I close, uh, I, y'all... There's just so much more I could say, and we'll get into it next week, and, and we're going to keep going. That It's just the tip of the iceberg. I want to acknowledge, I'm going to acknowledge each of the victims. Then we're going to get into the allegations of public corruption uh, or just shitty work, and then we're going to bring it home with that interview, and then we're going to blow it up. And by then, I hope COVID will clear us to come to Alexandria and have a peaceful demonstration and the news media and get these cases the coverage they deserve and maybe the family members and everything, but we'll work on that. But real quick, I want to talk about LOPA, the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. Y'all, you heard Toby Tom play last week. I couldn't even get in the studio when I was out working Miss Barber's case. Um, talk about his, his friend's daughter who just died and her organs went and, and uh, they, they got a letter, at least a letter from the iBank or whatever, but hey man, People are dying out there, the, the, and they need organs. And it's not like everybody that signs up to be an organ donor's organs get used. It's a very selective process. A certain, a lot of restrictions they have to follow. I mean, it's just so much that goes into it. And I don't proclaim to be an expert, but I proclaim to care about it. Be an organ donor, lifers. Um, go to LOPA. At, uh, lopa.org and I will put it in the show notes lopa.org and do the one for um, Livingston Parish Literacy and Technology Center 
criminal justice students, and there's also one now for Real Life Real Crime, how you heard about them. We also thank you for those who donated. We raised $250 this past week for LOPA. Uh, uh, we, y'all saw we sent the, we actually sent it electronically, but we did a checked, uh, blacked out the account number to put it on social media. So you, be a hero, man. Check that box. You don't care what they do uh, with your organs. Shit, you'll be dead. You know? And then, so save a life. Be a hero. Save a life. And I'm Woody Overton. You host a real life, real crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. Real Crime is a true crime podcast brought to you by Woody Overton and executive producer Toby Tomplay.